Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode 306 for July 25th, 2023. I'm your host, Randy Snow. On this week's show, the sale of the Washington Commanders is now official. Two players in the Women's Football Alliance retire after playing in the league for 25 years. And Giants running back Saquon Barkley gets paid. But I'm not here by myself. Across the table for me, as always, is my son, Adam. Oh, man, it's great living in a post-Barbenheimer world where <laughs> everybody and their mothers, except for my mother, she didn't go to the theater this weekend with us, but everybody went and saw both these movies this weekend. What a time. You only saw half of it. I, I only saw Oppenheimer, <laughs> which, which was good. Yeah. Long but good. Long but good. But, oh, and I thought Barbie was great, too. The two movies might be my two favorite movies of the year. Mm. We'll see. Uh, they're definitely up there, but yeah, man, what a crazy weekend it's been. <laughs> I, I love seeing like the, the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, they were one uh, social media team I saw that had all their players answering. Are you going to go see Barbie? Or oh. Are you going to go see Oppenheimer? Yeah. And just the amount of number of them going, what's open <laughs> Hammer? What, what is that? The amount of people doing that was pretty funny. We come to you each week from the fabulous world of football man cave located right here in the center of the football world. Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. Our goal is to educate, inform, and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. So you can simply ask your Alexa device to Play the World of Football podcast. You can also find our podcast in its full audio form on our YouTube channel. That would be youtube.com slash at the world of football, as well as other selected videos, such as last week's history lesson on YouTube, where we talked about 10 Pro Football Hall of Famers that ended their careers in different cities, and a new one we just posted last night, our third installment of our Have Grave Will Travel series, where I visited the graves of Paul Horning and Joe Guyon. Yep, and fun fact, I was not the cameraman for that episode. No, no, you. I was, well, I, I can't say I was by myself. Your mom and I were there, and she did all the filming. Yeah, so she gets uncredited. She didn't want any credit. She didn't want to be on screen. She didn't want anything, so uh, that's the way we left it. Okay, uh, so that's, uh, that's it for that. Um, so let's begin today's show with Adam. And the World of Football scoreboard. That's right, everybody. There are 13 games we're going to talk about this week in four different leagues, starting off with the CFL. And it was week seven over there. And uh, boy, what a great weekend of CFL action it yeah. ended up being. Oh, my goodness. We got some great stuff here to talk about. On Thursday, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defeated the Edmonton Elks 28-14 to to continue those woes for those Elks. Yeah. Those poor yeah, Elks. Yeah. I feel uh, bad for their fan base. Winnipeg quarterback Zach Caleros didn't feel bad for him as he completed no. 20 passes for 308 yards and two touchdowns. While running back Brady Oliveira ran the ball 17 times for 110 yards. Wide receiver Nick Dembski caught four passes for 115 yards and a touchdown. For Edmonton, though, quarterback Taylor Cornelius hung in there, completing 17 passes for 220 yards, a touchdown, but threw a couple interceptions. He also ran the ball four times for another 57 yards. That's a heck of an average there. Yep. Wide receiver Dylan Mitchell caught four passes for 115 yards and a touchdown for the Elks. And boy, yeah, like you said, I feel bad for those Elks fans. Yeah, they, they've been playing hard. They've been playing good. You know, at, at times they look like, boy, they're going to turn this thing around. They're going to they're gonna win a game this week and then... Hey, man, they just haven't, so yeah. still looking for that first win for them. Yeah, well, a team that's not looking for their first win, as a matter of fact, they're looking to stack <laughs> five in a row. That's the defending champion Toronto Argonauts, who did get that fifth game in a row, defeating the, their rival, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, 31-15. to They started for the first time since 1960 at 5-0. and It's been 50, uh, let's see, doing math is hard. Uh, what is that, 63 <laughs> years Something like that. It was the last time they started 5-0 and in yeah. a season. So a great start for those Argos, led by quarterback Chad Kelly, who completed 20 passes for 306 yards 
into touchdowns. He also ran for an additional touchdown. How about that? Mm-hmm. I didn't think they'd be able to upgrade from McLeod Bethel Thompson, but boy, oh boy, uh, it looks like they have. have not lost a step. No, I, if anything, <laughs> they look way better than they did last year. Uh, for Hamilton, no offense to McLeod Bethel Thompson either. Yeah. I love McLeod Bethel Thompson. Absolutely. Uh, for Hamilton, third string quarterback Taylor Powell made his first CFL start completing 27 passes for 283 yards, no touchdowns, but did have a rushing touchdown. And to you, these were the best highlights of the week. You know, I said that after I watched these, and then I watched the other ones, and uh, all four of these games had some fantastic highlights. Oh, there's one more game I'm looking forward to talking about. Yeah, I mean, the, all the highlights were great this week. They, they all had a lot of energy, a lot of, you know, fumbles, interceptions, tip passes. Oh, man, they had everything. Great weekend of highlights. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we're going to move on from that. And we're going to go into Saturday's action, which saw the British Columbia Lions defeat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders 19-9. British Columbia quarterback Vernon Adams was injured early in the game, being replaced by Dane Evans, who completed 16 passes for 219 yards and a touchdown, while kicker Sean White, that's a White with a Y instead of an I, <laughs> made four field goals during the game. For Saskatchewan, quarterback Mason Fine played just fine, completing 31 passes for 278 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. And I believe that's also a joke I made last week. I can't remember. Kicker Brett Lautner. Lothar. Lothar, sorry. Made three field goals on his side. So I wonder if Mason Fine is re- related to Larry Fine of the Three Stooges. Uh, you could ask him. <laughs> I'm sure if we set up that interview, that would probably be the best question to lead off You don't off see with. that last name very often. The only other Fine I know of is Larry Fine of the Three Stooges. Well, you say that, and then you're going to go out there, you're going to get like a bunch of people with that last name you just <laughs> never heard of. Yeah. Probably. All right, and finally, in what I would say was the game of the week, and yeah. boy, oh boy, did this game have about everything in it. The Ottawa Red Blacks defeated the Calgary Stampeders 43-41 to in overtime. This is the second straight week that Ottawa has won in overtime. There were eight lead changes during this game. They scored 84 combined points with 929 total yards between them. Mm. Unbelievable. This score was tied 35-35 going at, uh, at the end of regulation there. Calgary got the ball in the first, you know, uh, the ball first, first and possession. scored a touchdown but failed that two-point conversion. On their overtime possession, Ottawa uh scored and made the two-point conversion for the win. Yeah, so that was the difference. That was the difference. But a walk-off overtime victory for Ottawa two weeks in a row. Yeah. Unbelievable. That yep. Nathan Crum, uh, or Dustin Crum, sorry. I kept thinking of uh, Nathan Rourke. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but for Ottawa quarterback Dustin Crum once again shelled out as he completed 23 passes for 254 yards and two touchdowns. Wide receiver Justin Hardy caught seven passes for 94 yards and a touchdown. For Calgary, quarterback Jake Mayer completed 28 passes for 450 yards and four touchdowns. He also threw two interceptions, but we're going to ignore those because four touchdowns, that's a lot of touchdowns. Wide receiver Mark and uh, Michael. Michelle. Michelle. Mark and Michelle. Yep. Uh, caught four passes for 134 yards and two touchdowns. Way to ball. One of those <laughs> touchdowns went for 95 yards. Yeah, I mean, that great, helps. Great highlight. That was a great one. And then wide receiver Trey Odoms Dukes. Oh, that's a great name. Yep. Uh, caught six passes for 101 yards and a touchdown, while Calgary kicker Rene Paredes kicked three field goals and surpassed 2,000 career points. Yeah. And of note, uh, Randy sent me several freakish tech messages during the game. Uh, because a former Western Michigan Bronco from right here in Kalamazoo blocked a punt during the game for Calgary. That would be Levante Bellamy. Yep. Uh, a name that we remember seeing oh, yeah. quite a few. You know, great running back. Great for, running back uh, Western for Western Michigan. Michigan. We're here in Kalamazoo. Saw him a lot on Saturdays when we'd go to those games. Yep. So good for him. I mean, unfortunately, his team didn't win, right. but it was still cool seeing him on the TV. You tweeted something out about it. Yep. Jake Mayer, 450 yards in a losing cause. I know. You know. But it all came down to that two points, uh, uh, you know, in overtime. You know, one team made the two-point conversion, and they're required to go for two uh, in, yeah. uh, in overtime. So, yeah, one team makes their two-point conversion, the other team doesn't. That's the difference. Yep. So, uh, again, uh, if you are not watching CFL football, guys, we can't stress it up. you got <laughs> essentially a game a night. you got a Thursday, Friday, a Saturday. So they're all right. spaced out. It's not like yep. you have to watch a doubleheader. You get a game of a night, and yet everybody's sitting here complaining that there's no football to watch. And you're missing some great, albeit different, right. but great football north of the border. And 
Most it's of been them, so fun. Most of these games have been on CBS Sports Network. Yeah, like three out of the four games. I'm hoping more people CBS have been Sports checking Network. it out. I, I haven't seen anything about numbers. Right. If the American audience has been growing. Yeah. But I really hope so because they they have been, this is one of their best seasons, I think, just starting off. It's been so much fun. Yeah. Um, uh, Calgary actually had the lead in this game, and Ottawa had to come from behind to tie it up to make it go into overtime. Yeah. So yeah, I just, you know, Calgary's one of my favorite teams. Yeah. Uh, Calgary and Toronto are my two favorite teams out there. So I was really rooting for Calgary, and uh, oh, they they just lost it at the end. But yeah. man, they were winning this game for most of most of regulation. Yeah. And then on by this week would be the Montreal Alouettes. And real quick, we're going to look at the standings before we move on. In the East, the Toronto Argonauts sit at the top of the five and zero record, followed by the three and three Ottawa Red Blacks. Thanks to those two come from behind yeah. overtime wins the last mm-hmm. two weeks. Uh, the Montreal Alouettes at two and three, and the Hamilton Tiger Cats at two and four round out the East Division. In the West, it's the British Columbia Lions at the top of the five and one record, followed by the five and two Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the three and the three and three Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the two and four Calgary Stampeders, and the zero and seven Edmonton Elks. And uh, with that, we are going to jump over to the indoor football league. And we are going to talk about some indoor football league playoffs. How about that? It's playoff time, ladies and gents. <laughs> Saturday night saw the number one seed Frisco Fighters in the, what is that, the West Division? East. Or they were in the East. Okay, sorry, you got the header right there. Uh-huh. Uh, in the East, the number one seeded Frisco Fighters defeated the number four seeded Quad City Steam Wheelers 57-29. Oof. Wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. <laughs> And uh, then on Saturday in the East, the number two seed Sioux Falls Storm defeated the number three Massachusetts Pirates, forty-two to thirty-nine. Massachusetts was actually in the lead, seventeen to nothing at halftime. Yeah, boy, what if they ever made a movie about an indoor football game? That'd have to be it right there. How do you blow that big a lead? And, yeah. and oh man, yeah, you had the number, you had the number points. two team team on the ropes, and oh, you let them off the hook. You let them off the hook. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, that'll set up uh, the Frisco Fighters taking on the Sioux Falls Storm in the Eastern Conference Championship next weekend. But then on the west side of the bracket, we go over on Saturday night, saw the number four seeded Northern Arizona Wranglers, the defending IFL champions, upset the number one seed Arizona Rattlers 62-53. to Boy, talk yeah. about a shocker. Yeah, they went into Arizona's uh, home stadium and, and got a win. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, that's the defending champs right there. Yeah. They got, you know, they're still defending their title. And boy, to take out the team that's been the number one seed. Yeah. Number four seed beating the number one. That's good on them. <laughs> and then on Sunday, saw the number two seed Bay Area Panthers defeat the number three seed Tucson Sugar Skulls 46 to 34 to set up the Western Conference matchup, which will now be in Bay in the Bay Area, where the Panthers will host the number four seed Arizona Wrangler. So those defending champions still. Yep. Going out to That's defend that road. title. Yep. So that should be some exciting stuff there. And good for the Bay Area Panthers. They were a team that we had talked about like last year that, that weren't any good. We weren't sure what they were going to be yep. this year. And with the addition of uh, former Sabercats head coach, whose name is blanking on yeah. me right now, they helped turn that they team around. They have turned it around. Yep, they've turned it and around. And so they could be that team of destiny. So, yeah. hey, I just want some good football next weekend, and I'm looking forward to streaming those games while we are in Pittsburgh this weekend. <laughs> yeah, we might be able to catch a little bit of it if we're not uh, partying too yeah, much with those, uh, too much. those wild PFRA guys uh, oh, yeah. in the city of Pittsburgh. Yep, all right. So with that, we're now going to jump over to the in, or sorry, the National Arena League where it was Week 16 out there. Uh, on Saturday, saw the Carolina Cobras defeat the San Antonio Gunslingers 63-45. to And then Saturday, the Jacksonville Sharks defeated... The West Texas Warbirds, 70-25. to And then on by the Orlando Predators. And I'm just going to say right now, a couple of those teams uh, probably could care less that they've lost in this league. I mean, yeah. you don't ever want to lose, but right. they got some great stuff on the horizon we're going to talk about a little later. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already talked about it a little bit last week, but it's official. Yeah. Uh, all right, and real quick, talking about the NAL standings, the Jacksonville Sharks clinched the playoff spot with a 10-2 record. Then you got the Carolina Cobras at 9-4. The San Antonio Gunslingers at eight and four, the Orlando Predators at four and seven, and the West Texas Warbirds at two and eleven. Okay, yeah. So Jacksonville actually actually is the number one seed, and so they they're going to have home field advantage. Okay. Um, 
Carolina's number two, San Antonio three, Orlando number four. West Texas of the five teams is the only one that won't be going to the playoffs this year. Okay. So they've still got a week to go, but I don't think the, the standings are going to uh, change. Well, they they might, but I, I think know. the Gunslingers and Cobras could flip-flop depending on what their head-to-head right. is. But, right. uh, yeah. But, yeah, for the West Texas Warbirds, hey, look, you know, tough season this year. But as we're going to talk about a little later, uh, there is some bright stuff on the horizon for them. So, yep. all right. And uh, with that, I'm going to throw it over to Randy, who's got something special this week for us to talk about. Yeah, I uh, wasn't planning to talk about this, but then I realized that the Women's Football Alliance Championship Games were being played this past weekend in Canton, Ohio at uh, Tom Benson Stadium. And, uh, we normally cover these during the, not not all season long, but we always try to you know, talk about the championship game. And once again... In the WFA championship game, it was the Boston Renegades defeating the St. Louis Slam 35-7 to to claim their fifth straight title and eighth in team history. This Talk Boston, about a dynasty. This Boston Renegades. There's, there's been like documentaries Yeah, on, there was on a that documentary team. that came out a couple years ago about that team. Yeah, yeah following yeah, the, the quarterback. She was like a, a personal trainer or something, but she's been the quarterback of the team for many years. I forget her name. But uh, yeah, Boston Renegades. The, uh the owner of the uh, Patriots, Robert Kraft, yeah. always loans them his plane to fly to Canton for the championship game. And I think he did that again this year. But, yeah, um, Boston Renegades, your uh, WFA champions again for the fifth straight year. And then they also had two other title games. They have a Division Two and a Division Three. So in the Division Two game, it was the New York Wolves shutting out the Oklahoma City Lady Force by the score of 21 to nothing. And in the Division Three game... It was the West Palm Beach Coyotes over the New Mexico Bonitas, 58-6. to six. I believe Bonitas is a female bandit oh. uh, based on what well, I saw the logo and not knowing that much Spanish. So I'm going to say that they were the lady bandits or whatever. So, yeah, uh, three championship games last weekend. They also had a... Uh, uh, like an all-star game, and mm. I think they call it the All-American game or something, which is like their all-star game. Um, so there was a fourth game uh, played over the weekend there. And that is it for this mm, this week's World of Football scoreboard. And so now we are going to turn to some NFL news. Boy, was, I didn't have a whole lot this morning, but you sent me some so stuff. It's always me, because you, you never more. check your Twitter messages, your DMs. I'm too busy any, putting together the rest of this rundown. How is anybody supposed to slide week? into your DMs when you don't even read them? Yeah. Jeez. But so yeah. something something that's been talked about, but it was finally official this past week. Yeah, it feels like we've talked about this at nauseam. Oh, it's been since April, I think. But uh, NFL owners uh, unanimously approved the sale of the Washington Commanders for a record $6.05 billion to a group led by Josh Harris, who I guess owns uh, a couple other sports teams, a hockey team. and Yeah, I forget. I think the Hurricanes. A basket, basketball team, I forget. I think he owns the Carolina Hurricanes yeah. of the NHL. But uh, there's several members of his ownership group, and one of them is also Magic Johnson, so he's uh, become an NFL owner. Good for him. Uh, former owner Dan Snyder uh, was also fined $60 million after an investigation led by former U.S. attorney Mary Jo White into allegations of workplace misconduct and potential unlawful financial conduct made against Snyder. So after her ruling, the uh, the league divided, decided to fine him $60 million. So my assumption is, I don't know if this is true or not, but of the, you know, from the six $6.5 billion sale, they probably just kept back $60 million, you know, in fines for him. Maybe, so, but I'm sure there's a so legal way they had to go around it, like... Yeah, whatever. But... but uh, yeah, so he didn't get the full $6.05 billion, but I think he can live with what he got. What was the analogy you said? You said somebody said if you had $600, that'd be like Dan Snyder paying a, a $6, $6 fine. $6 fine. Yeah, yeah, you, so. yeah. Who knows? Unbelievable. But, I mean, there's so much revolving around this story, uh, and you you got more coming up, but, like, just so, like, people wanting the name change, you know, the whole name change debate's back. Yeah. Uh, and then we we got ticket sales we're going to talk about, but I'll let you continue because yeah. you got your whole little script here. Yeah. Uh, in 24 seasons under Snyder's ownership, the Commanders posted a record of 164 wins, 220 losses, and two ties with six playoff appearances. Uh, there are rumors of a possible name change again. Yeah. We're going to have to go through this again. I know. Man, they've already been through three names in the last three years. Right. You know, Redskins Foot, the football to the football team. team now to the commanders. Oh my goodness! If we have to deal with a fourth name, which yeah. I get it, it's their right to do. But man, I just can they just be the Red Wolves and we just move on from it? <laughs> or or the 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 Red Tails or the Red Tails 
Red Hawks, something cool like that, like something, anything, like the, where you can incorporate the old Washington stuff, but then look towards the future. Because I get it, you probably can't go with Redskins ever again, but you can still, I don't know, Commanders just and that whole branding just seems so bland. Do the do the red arrows and bring back that uh, that helmet that they used for a while with the uh, the spear. Spear and the feather on the helmet. That was awesome. That's, I mean, that's still great. You got the the mini helmet there on yep. your shelf amongst I all the. I love that helmet. That was uh, that was an awesome. It's helmet. it's an all time helmet. Uh, we haven't done our list of favorite NFL helmets, but that spoiler alert, that's probably my favorite <laughs> NFL helmet. Not gonna lie, it's so yeah. cool. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, another name change. I don't know if I can if I can handle going. Can Washington that. fans another handle that? I mean, all that merch they've been spending over the last. I mean, few I know years. some people weren't crazy about the Commanders, but it's been there for a couple of years. It's you know, I don't know. Change it if you want, but man, oh man, I'm not looking forward to go through that again. Uh, let's see, season ticket sales for the uh, Commanders or whatever they're going to be called. Uh, well, is they're up, the Commanders for now. Yeah, is up 52 percent compared to last year, and they have sold 3,500 new season tickets since news of the sale of the team came out back in April. Yeah, so people are like, okay, you're getting rid of Snyder. Now I'm back in. Yeah, people, <laughs> I'm back. People are back. Uh, so good for them. I mean, I'd hate to see a franchise, you know, dwindle like this. My big question from all this is, you know, they talked about that new stadium and all that. Mm. If was that something that uh, the organization just has to take now, like, or is that something Daniel Snyder, you know, uh, is still a part of? I don't know how that works. Yeah. They they had that whole you know negotiate a new deal with the new ownership group. You know, who knows? I, I'm just very curious. I haven't heard anything about what the stadium, yeah, you know, or if it's impacted at all. Like, because, you know, they showed those cool renderings of what the stadium would look like and where it's going to be, the land that was already purchased. I would assume that that's an asset by the team that's already owned. So maybe they're still going to go through with it. Or is that something that the ownership can now veto and not do or change? I just don't know. Yeah. Would, that's will my they, big question. Will they just renovate the current stadium, put a lot of money into that, and, and leave it where it's at? I, who knows? But that, more stories for us to cover in the future. All right, another NFL item. New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley signed a one-year deal with the team worth $10.1 million, and it's fully guaranteed, uh, including a $2 million upfront signing bonus. The deal includes $1 million in incentives, uh, with an equal amount paid if he gets 1,300 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns, and 65 receptions. Okay, so yeah, so an extra mil for just hitting all those milestones, I, I think guess. that's pretty doable for him. At first I thought it was like, well, you get a million if you get 1,300 rushing yards, you get another million if you get 11 touchdowns. But it, the way I'm reading it, it sounds like he's got to get all three. Right, yeah, that phrase, because you took that to directly from uh, yeah. an Adam Schefter tweet, I yeah, think, from that's, today. That's word for word out of uh, somebody else's uh, news on this. So, yeah, just the way, because it would have said, you know, uh, 1,300 yards or 11 touchdowns or 65 receptions right. if it was any one of them. So I, I guess he's got to get all three of them. Which, I, th I mean, it's very doable. That I mean, that whole offense rides on the his back, literally. That's why I think he got snubbed a little bit getting paid. I mean, the whole story going around right now is that NFL running backs are being vastly underpaid. Right. There's a, There was a story about, I think, a bunch of running backs got on a Zoom meeting this weekend to talk about this. Then all of a sudden, here's this news about him making this deal. Well, wasn't there a deadline for uh, for people to sign their, um, what was it, the franchise tag? franchise tag? And he didn't do it. Yeah. And so there was talk, is he not going to re-sign with the team? And, you know, is he going to be out of there? And, and now all of a sudden, boom, he's resigned and he's... It's like he got his franchise tag money, but then it's, yeah. not, it's all fully guaranteed. Right. So there's, right. I mean, for a one-year deal and who knows, you know, what they'll have to do next year or if it's right. like... If he produces that, you know, the numbers they want for the signing bonus or for the uh, incentive bonus, if he hits that next year, he's going to be asking for way more. And I and say what you will about their quarterback. I definitely don't know if he I won't say he didn't deserve to be paid what he did, but he's definitely been overpaid. <laughs> That's just me. I just I think you've got to pay Saquon first. He is who runs your I mean, he is who your offense right. revolves around. And he's the one who got shortchanged and Daniel Jones got the bag and Daniel Daniel Jones played what five or six good games last year. Uh, I just, I think it's a little silly, but I, I like Saquon as a player. I think he's so entertaining and fun to watch. The dude's a freak athlete. Oh yeah. Everybody knows Saquon with yeah. the giants. You know, they probably can't name too many other people on the team. You know, probably your not. average fan. Who else can you name? But Saquon. Who else could you name? You could probably only name Daniel Jones and Saquon. Couldn't I you? I thought it was Mac Jones. 
No, Mac Jones is the Patriots quarterback. Oh, well, I know it was Joe and somebody. Man, See, there you go. Your age is showing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I just, well, the running back stuff, I was a little surprised to see he made this deal. On paper, it almost doesn't sound that good, but when you get that much guaranteed, yeah. I guess you take that and well, it, you, you it, see what happens by the end of the year. Guaranteeing $10 million is not that big of a deal for the NFL. Not for the NFL, it. but for a running back right now where and everybody I, else is struggling yeah, to man. get paid. But I can see I can see guaranteeing $10 million as opposed to what Deshaun Watson got for his wow, contract. That's, that was ridiculous, yeah. and definitely he didn't deserve that. But you know, some of these smaller contracts, yeah, you can... You could maybe fully guarantee those. Yeah, but I don't. Uh, have, I don't have a problem with that. Put it that. Put it that it's way. It's just a whole bigger issue. This whole running back market thing, which we're not fully equipped to go into right in this moment. So that's yeah. why we'll move on. <laughs> yeah. Well, there hasn't been a decent running back since Barry Sanders. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's so. That's my take. Well, I know that. I mean, <laughs> as a biased Lions and fan, they, yeah, and they just don't use the running backs like they used. It is. It's, it's an evolving it's position. More of a but, passing game nowadays. But at the same time, it's it is like a. After five years, you just throw a guy away. Like after Zeke got paid, I don't know if any other running backs have gotten paid quite like yeah. him. Maybe your Derrick Henrys or you know those guys who've been, you know, proven that they're going to show up every year and do the same thing. But there's some guys that like look at what happened to Jamal Williams, who was with Detroit last year, just made the top 100 players list. Uh, Lions shipped him out after he had a, a very productive season. Like they just don't think that that production they hit can be matched. So they get rid of them and they bring in somebody else for cheaper or whatever. Yeah. Different, you know. It's just it's a weird way that this whole market has just completely changed for the right. running back. Because like back in the in the day with Barry and Emmett Smith and like Adrian Peterson, it was you got the one running back that you rely on. Now it's you got two or three guys that do a bunch of different stuff. That's just how the offenses have evolved. Because like other than Derrick Henry right now, who else is like quote unquote workhorse running back? Yeah. I mean, Austin Eckler's pretty stable out there in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm trying to think at the top of my head who else. Like maybe a Joe Mixon with the Bengals. He just, you know, signed a lo- lesser deal to stay with the Bengals. But there's not a whole lot of them anymore. The, the the stable running back that is like the face of your franchise guy. I mean, Zeke Elliott, was, but he just started becoming a tandem running back the last couple of years. That's why they shipped him out. Hmm. So... I don't know. We'll see. This this it's a very fascinating thing to watch. I'm sure other people will be more opinionated on it than I am. <laughs> I doubt that, but moving on. <laughs> uh let's see. The Indianapolis Colts unveiled their Indiana Knights uniforms, which I can't say I'm a big fan of. It's they like look a, like the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah, it's, it's like a blue helmet with their, their no, it's blue. A black helmet is with it the black? Blue it looked logo. like uh, blue to me. Maybe blue. It's a black helmet. Yeah. Huh. It's it's Really jarring because you wouldn't think, when you think of their color scheme, black yeah. is not in their color scheme. That's what I don't like about some of these uniform decisions. Yeah. Uh, and this is the uniform judger in me coming out. Changing crap just for the sake of changing crap. I hate it. I mean, I don't mind the uniform they showed. It's like a new uniform. They said it's the first plated uniform. I don't know. The, the texture just looks really odd. Hmm. Uh, but then they got like new stripes on the sleeve, which I don't mind. So I think the uniform itself looks fine. It's just that helmet. Just They call it the Indiana Knights. Hmm. Not a fan. No. Uh, let's see. The Jets and the Seahawks unveiled throwback uniforms. I love the Seahawks one. Hate the Jets one. Well, you got that Jets helmet up there. Yes, I do, because that is a throwback. You know, that's that's from the days of, like, Joe Klecko. Yeah. Uh, from the like mid, 80s, mid-80s, 90s. early 90s, maybe. Uh, the only good Jets helmets and, and, and uniforms are the ones that Joe Namath won. The main, yeah. Mainly all white. That one and the one they wore before this previous uh, uniform change. Yeah. yeah, those white helmets were great. So, but I don't like the Jets one, but I do love the Seahawks I don't one. mind it. It's been a while since we've seen it. I like that they can go back to that version of the Jets. You know, I would prefer their old white helmet that they were doing. Like, yeah. I thought that was a great uniform. There yeah, was no need for them the to change it. original look. Because them and the Giants were like hand in hand. They Perfect yep. uniforms. And then the Jets yep. just had to uglify it. Uh, but I don't mind it. They're just wearing the white ones, and they said they're going to do that for two two games this year for the Jets. Uh, yeah, week one and week four. Really surprised they're doing week one because you know you're kicking off the season, and but they also said that they're going to paint up their field. Yep. Uh, and the owner Woody, what's his name? Woody Johnson is that the owner I, I of the Jets? I don't know the owner's name. I think yeah, Woody Johnson. I might, if I'm getting the last name wrong, don't crucify me because <laughs> I don't really care about a whole lot of owners. But anyway, the Jets owner did say that they're going to doll up the field for those two games. They're like going to put the, the throwback logo that matches the helmet yeah, so, uh, on the field for those two games in week one and four. And then yeah. last week, the Giants said they were going to be putting the logo on, on the field when they're playing. And I assume that was going to be for every week, but I don't I don't know. Yeah, and I would assume with the Jets doing this, I would assume they're going to do the same thing every week. It'll be a Jets logo in the center of the field, but 
Mm. Now, that wasn't official, but that's just what I'm inferring just based off of them saying, we're going to do it for weeks one and four, so I'm they got to have a plan for every week then. And then the Broncos unveiled a white helmet with their old logo, you know, the letter D with yeah. the white horse uh, coming out of it. They're using, like, the current color scheme, like the darker orange and the darker uh, navy, which is fine. But everybody's doing these white, you know, the white-out helmets. I'm getting a little, like, while I've always said that a lot of teams look great with a white helmet shell and that logo, it is just getting old that nobody's coming up with anything cool or interesting anymore. It's just like, oh, we'll just do all white. It's just, I don't know, like, when when I, the prospect of having these alternate helmets come around, I was looking forward to something cool, like what the Lions did, like something interesting and different, but like, not just, here's a white version of our helmet. Okay, like, I think it's cool, but at the same time, it's like, you couldn't be more creative. <laughs> I was hoping for some creativity here. Like it was like what I would love watching the arena league and like the, uh, the team I think of would be the Philadelphia soul who had a standard black helmet. And then they would every once in a while p- pull out the powder blue helmets, which I was like, that's kind of cool. Like why, why wouldn't teams do something like that? Like I know the bears pull out that alternate orange helmet, but that's hideous. That was a bad mistake right there. Uh, Philadelphia. I don't think they had a black helmet. It was more about like a gunmetal gray or a dark a really at one dark point greenish. but they started when they started off it was a black it was, helmet yeah, well i don't know i don't think it was black yeah but it was. it was a dark helmet and then they well, kind of lightened it up a little bit but anyway um the titans tennessee titans uh, are going to be wearing the oilers uh tennessee or well they Houston were the oilers. tennessee oilers yeah. too true but yeah they're going to be wearing those uh a game or two as their throwback and are those and a lot of people consider those the best uniforms oh, yeah. do you consider them the best uniform uh i I did like them. I mean, it was a great color scheme. Yes. It's a color scheme you don't see now like that. Yep. that the oil derrick and the white helmet and those uh, blue, and not really powder blue. And, but you, and you got the great mini helmet blue. up there, like that red face mask with the white helmet pops. That Oilers logo is great. Billy White Shoes Johnson uniform. And the, their uniforms, you know, really popped with that blue and red mm-hmm. and white color scheme. Like, it, it did work. It, and it'll be cool to see Derrick Henry wearing that Oilers uniform. Mm-hmm. It does stink that they're not wearing it in Houston, it, it does. It does feel a little odd that it's a Tennessee team wearing a Houston yeah. jersey, but they didn't want to confuse fa- fans. True, and it's not like the Texans could just be the Oilers. Like that'd be really weird, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's just it's weird. Maybe. At least, at least wear them on the road in Houston. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, let's see another story here. Defensive back uh, Trayvon Diggs signs a five-year, ninety-seven million dollar contract extension. With the Cowboys. Yeah, that broke as we were like getting ready to prep the show. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't even heard that. He, you know, pro bowler. Uh, he was going into the last year of his rookie deal. So getting this extension, big for him. Well, I think, I'm not going to say he's overrated. I'm definitely, there's been times where I'm like, this dude is, and I'm not saying he's not worth that money either. I'm just saying for me as a player, he I've seen him play really well, and I've seen him play really bad. Uh, but, hey, get your money, and a lot of people will remember this guy from the Dallas Cowboys Hard Knocks where his son essentially stole the show because uh, he wanted oh, yeah. to meet uh, Patrick Mahomes, and all he got was Dak Prescott. Oh. <laughs> I remember that. So, uh, I mean, but good for him. You know, he's the brother of Stefan Diggs. You know, they had that fun little match in the Pro Bowl games or whatever this past year. So, I mean, good for him. Get your money. Um, Dallas just throwing around the bag so. pro bowl games i do not re- remember anything about pro bowl all oh, you games. already erased i have it from blocked that out of my mind and luckily i've heard no talk of any kind of pro bowl this year oh don't worry i'm sure it's coming uh, i hope not they may as well just just bag it just make it the olympics i'm telling you i wanted to see skill skill competition the, the 50 meet you know the 50 meter dash all that so just make like, it the olympics like the old superstars competition there you go. <laughs> who can lift the most Give me the strong, you know, like mix, mix it up between the Olympics and the strongman competition. Like have have a lineman carry a giant boulder across the field or something. Come on, you know that's what you want to see. I want to see are any of these guys good at archery? I'd be very Ooh. curious about that. Get them out of their comfort zone. You yeah. know, there's that great, great. Oh, big... the badminton match. We're all oh, looking forward to that go. this week. Well, you tell me you wouldn't watch a couple of offensive, <laughs> nothing but offensive linemen playing badminton. Shoot, I mean, pickleball is so popular, I might even throw oh, in yeah. some pickleball. That's the only pickleball game I'd I would pay watch. to see that, though. <laughs> Give me some rock climbing. Like, come on, they can make this so cool. It's like, you got like, come on, uh, like Amon Ross St. Brown, he's, they've been posting videos of him catching the jug machine. Right. And one-handed. one, uh, Amon Ross is ripped. <laughs> Two, the dude just catches 200 balls after practice every day. 
I think he dropped the first one yesterday and then he proceeded to catch the next 200. <laughs> so the dude's a freak, but give me something like that. Like just have dudes sit there and just see who can catch the most balls in a row. I don't care if I have to be there for an hour. Jug machine, four or five receivers till all like four of them drop passes and then you get your winner. I'm telling you, I would be thoroughly entertained by that compared to what they did for the Pro Bowl games. They did a couple, like the coolest thing they did was that uh, relay race thing. I think that was the best yeah. event they did. That and I think the uh, like their slam dunk version, which was the flipping up and trying to oh, do the yeah. catch. That was yeah. Other than that, the the Pro Bowl games need some work. And lastly, in NFL news, we could not get tickets to attend this year's Detroit Lions training camp. Oh, this is news. This is the first year that they've decided that you needed a ticket to attend training camp, and they were free, but you had to go online and and you know request them and. And you tried to get them on the first day they, they came out. I, I didn't even realize they were coming out that day. And then you said, Despite my message. You sent me something and I didn't get the message. Yeah, but, shocker. But all the tickets for the entire, what was it, 10 days or whatever? Yes, everything sold out. Was sold out within hours. I, so, and I'm not trying to sound like a bitter Lions fan here. I'm not happy about this. I know you're not happy about it, but I, I'm of two minds. One, I am bummed I couldn't get a ticket or tickets to go to this thing because I bought a special hat. I wanted to show off at training camp. Now I can't. <laughs> But it's cool that so many Lions fans actually want to go. Oh yeah, they're it's, they're it's great. Like they're seeing what we they went, did last year, now everybody wants to be in. When we now. went last year, we went on a Thursday. I skipped work, and it wasn't was great. That, wasn't that crowded? It was not that crowd crowded. And I was looking forward to doing that again this year. Like maybe a not so crowded Thursday morning. Yep. You know, wear my nice big hat Little I just league. bought. Stay out of the sun. Maybe run into Jared Goff and Aiden Hutchinson again. But this time, actually say hi. Uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe hit up a food truck, but now it's gonna be packed. Yeah, every day is gonna be packed. Yep. Or you're gonna see people turn around and scalping those tickets for real money. <laughs> Which but I don't last, know. Last year we got our picture taken with Rory, the mascot. Yeah. Uh, a year or so before that, I got my picture taken with Corey Schlesinger. Uh, Schlesinger. So that was that was pretty cool. He so, was there taking pictures. But I think it's cool that the Lions, because I think it's something a lot of Lions fans should at least try to do. Training camp isn't what it oh, used yeah. to be like back when we'd go to the Saginaw Valley. Oh yeah, that was uh, awesome. Community college where it was like a big fan fest. It was yes. great. Yes. Was no, awesome. it's not so much. They got much a few smaller, things. Much smaller now. But I mean, I would love to get a tour of the. I think season ticket holders get a tour of Allen Park because mm. uh, my boss, one of my bosses, is a season ticket holder, and he talked about all the perks he's getting this mm. year. So he gets to go take a tour of Allen Park, which I want to do so bad. Uh, but whatever. Like, I'm, I'm bummed I couldn't get tickets. I'm bummed that they changed it to tickets. Uh, but I'm happy that. They're going to have sold-out training camps for the next two weeks. Well, I personally, I wouldn't want to go if I knew it was going to be sold out, where it was going to be shoulder-to-shoulder, packed. In know, that stands, heat? In that heat. Oh, my gosh. It's With no cover? Yeah. And me sitting there in my big hat? Yeah, yeah, that would have been uncomfortable for a lot of people standing yeah. there. It's a big hat. <laughs> and it's always, like, hotter than hell when you go there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, come home sunburned. And... That's why I bought the big hat. <laughs> you need a big hat. Yeah. Have you seen my big hat? Yeah, I've I saw your big. Isn't hat. it a great big hat? It's it's a great big hat. Thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Arena uh, football news. Oh yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah. So uh, I guess I'll jump in real quick. Um, we because I had to put this in at the last minute, but uh, mm-hmm. I figured since last week we had our whole little discussion on the arena football league coming back. What was missed was, because when we were uploading the video and I was editing it, the official news was starting to come out, so I had to put it in pop-up video style right. about the official announcement of the Warbirds right. and the Predators coming to the Arena League. But it's official. We have two Arena football teams. Yep. I just wanted to say that officially on the podcast. Yep. We officially have two Arena football teams as of right now. That's what we were alluding to earlier with the West Texas Warbirds, you know, Finishing up their season in the NAL, the Predators of Orlando will be yep. in the playoffs for them. So we got a little while before they can officially change their Twitter handle over to the Predators Arena Football League. Right. But it's just cool to say we have two arena football teams right now. Two out of 16. But as a, but whether or not they keep those names, I assume the Predators will stay. Yeah. The Warbirds are what I'm curious if maybe they consider I, a name I change. I think they'll keep it. But I, I like I like it. the Warbirds name. Yeah. Maybe they'll get a different logo or something being in the they Arena League. But... I think they've got a couple of logos. I, I've yeah, seen, the I've bi- seen the, one. The one plane. Right. And the, one's a plane and one's the, like, like a, a military a, patch. The star that you see on yeah. uh, uh, Air Force planes. Yeah. So I just <laughs> wanted to say... Oh, it feels good to say we have arena football teams. Yes. While they're 
not officially officially. I mean, they're official. Right. They, 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 the teams themselves have come out and said, yes, we are going to the Arena Football League next year. But they're year. just still in commitment to the NAL. Right. So until they're out of that commitment, right. then it'll be like super official. But it's official. And and there was a whole big controversy last week about the, the list of cities and, and states that came out. You know, TMZ was reporting cities in all the states right. when the league itself was just saying the state. So we don't know if any of these cities that TMZ said, yeah. uh, as we said last week, take true. all that with a grain of right. salt. I, right. we still haven't heard anything one way or the other. They could be true. They could be half true. Some could be true, but they some could, could be not false be or they could just be wishful thinking or, you know, maybe somebody heard from somebody who knows a brother's uh, janitor <laughs> that, Hey, they were looking into the arena here in the small city. Right. Maybe they were just doing their due diligence and they just got back to TMZ as could a, be. You know, so we just don't know, but it's fine. We got plenty of time. We got two teams down, 14 to go. Enjoy it. Enjoy the ride of them getting this league ramped up. Yep. So. Okay, uh, let's see. We're going to double back to something we talked about earlier, the Women's Football Alliance. Um, A lady by the name of Cynthia Red Bryant, who has been a defensive lineman for the WFA's Minnesota Vixens team, retired last weekend after... 25 seasons playing with the league. Suck on that, Tom Brady. <laughs> I guess uh, her team did not make uh, one of the three championship games, but uh, she was a part of the uh, All-America game, the, their All-Star game that weekend. And uh, there was a nice video of her uh, and a lot of the other, you know, the teammates on that team <clears throat> gathered around, and uh, she took off her shoes uh, and left them, well, I don't know if she left them there, but that's something that wrestlers do when they've played their last match, you know, in wrestling. They'll take off their shoes and they leave them on the mat uh, to indicate that I'm done. This is it. Mm-hmm. It's the end. And she did that. She took off her cleats uh, right there in the midfield and kind of backed away from them. And, and uh, you know, uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool to see. 25 years I know. of playing. Like, this is something that I hadn't heard about this at no, all. No. And all of a sudden you're seeing it on ESPN and Sports Illustrated. Like I'm scrolling through Instagram. I see that and I send it to you. Say, have you heard about this? And you're like, no, I haven't heard about this. Yeah. So we're like scrambling to do a little bit of research just so, because I was like, we got to talk about this on today's show. Yeah. But congratulations to her. Apparently she had a teammate too that was yes. had been playing with her for 25 yeah, years. Yeah. A lady by the name of Jody Moose. Uh, Relander? 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 R-E-H-L-A-N-D-E-R. Yeah. Um, she also, I guess, had been on the team for 25 years. And there was a, a lady who had been on the team, a third lady. She'd been on the team for 20 years, and then the last, like, five years, she's been some uh, sort of staff assistant member. coach or trainer or something. She was working behind the scenes, yeah, but she'd and, been and with the team. If anybody's got her name, you know, send it our way. Because, like, what it? I mean, I found her Mickey, on Twitter. Mickey B. Mickey is, B is what we got on Twitter. Yeah. So I didn't get a full name. Her bio didn't really say much else other than she played for 20 years and then she's been like a conditioning or coach or staff member. All three of these ladies committed that long to that one team. team. Uh, I, I would assume that it was that one team that... Uh, yeah, well, yes. Yes, so. they did say that they, okay. uh, they were with so, the but team. So it was so cool to see. And the fact that this hasn't you know been coming out before this all went down, like, hey, this weekend these people are going to retire. Right. You're like... I would have loved to have heard about this sooner, like either find a way to stream that game, check out the actual stuff as it happened. But, right. you know, hopefully there'll be like a cool documentary about this because 25 years is no joke. And no. I'll play Tom Brady. Somebody's <laughs> got to go to her and ask her what her diet like is. <laughs> like if, if we had to hear about Tom Brady eating his kelp ice cream, like I want to hear what this lady did for 25 years to be a professional football player. But uh, they also had another video of the last play of the game. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they were, um, uh, it was a kneel down. There was like, what, 10 seconds, something. 14 seconds, I think, left. I saw the and, same thing. And they sent these two ladies out as the only two people on defense, the two 25-year yeah. veterans, and they were the only two on the defensive line, uh, on the whole field, when they took the final snap. Yeah, for their team, yeah. Right, for their side, yeah. And uh, What a cool moment. Kind of gave yeah. me chills watching, yeah. like, so neat, like, to, to go out like that. You you wish you'd see more stuff like that in, like, yes. professional sports, but the NFL is too rigid to, nope, you have to field 11 guys. Yep. Get out of here. Like, this is the stuff sports is for. These are great stories. And it's they're great. football stories, and that's why we're here to, to cover yeah. all this stuff. Um, and, and one last note here. Uh, Cynthia Red Bryant, uh, the main one that they've been talking about, Yeah, she was an 11-time All-American, and uh, she's a, a member of the Women's Football Alliance Hall of Fame. Dang. So, uh, a living Hall of Famer. Yeah. As she played. Yeah. 
congratulations to all these ladies. Yes, man, and we the, love and hearing the stuff like this. I remember hearing about the Minnesota Vixens years ago, uh, before any of this was really big, uh, in when women's football was in its infancy. I had heard of a few, you know, teams, and the Minnesota Vixens was one of them, mm. and they're still around. So, uh, I think that's awesome. It is great. Like, like we've we've been to a handful of women's professional yes. football games. Yes, we had across some... a couple different yep. leagues. Yep. But still, like we had the Southwest Michigan Jaguars, who yep. turned into the Southwest Michigan Mayhem yep. or the West Michigan Mayhem. Yep. And they 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 got passionate fans. Uh, these ladies go out there and they do what you see guys do on Saturdays and Sundays, and you know what? I don't think we give them enough credit. And some of these ladies play 25 years, <laughs> which is incredible. So well, I, mean, I don't know how many have played 25 I, years. You know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there are ladies out there who love the sport of football. Right. been playing for years. And just, you, you probably won't ever hear of them, which is unfortunate. Because they yep. put in all that dedication and work. They probably got full-time jobs and then go to practice a couple nights a week. Yep. And go play these games and put their body on the line and... A couple of them did it for 25 years. Yeah. So, heck of a story there. Yeah. All right. Uh, finally, we've got some college news. <clears throat> I ran across an article that talked about six new rules coming to college football uh, in the 2023 season. Uh, let's see what you think of these. You, I don't think you've seen this. I haven't. So, this is new to you. Yeah. Uh, one of Hit the me. rules was uh, when the offense gains a first down, the clock will no longer uh, be stopped to award the first down except with less than two minutes remaining in the second and fourth quarter. Oh, boy. Uh, so, I mean, that's a big thing in college football. You know that if you get a first down, they're going to stop the clock till they set the chains, and then they start the clock this again. This change is effective immediately for Division One and Division Two, and will be implemented in 2024 for Division Three. Yeah, see, when you think college football, that's like one yep. of the core things you think yep. about. And they're doing away. The reason they're doing away with it is because they want to have less plays during the game, so less chance of getting injured, sense. and to make the game move along a little bit faster. I, I get it. So I totally get it. Yeah. And I, I can't say I hate it, but it bugs me a little bit. Uh, it's going to take. It's some It's going to be weird. Yeah. But it, it is weird seeing like the college game transition into the NFL style a little bit. Mm. You know. So I mean, it'll you probably, probably won't. You probably won't even notice. Yeah, I was going to say while. we probably won't really notice it unless you go. Wait a minute. Why aren't they? Yeah. So in certain situations, I bet you it'll be one of those changes I hate or we hate initially. It's like well, that—that's not college football. <laughs> but it'll be great for the game. It, it might be great for the game. But like it you said sense. it'll shorten the game up, less plays for these guys. You know. So but I, it, I'm fine. It makes sense that they're gonna leave it in the last two minutes of of the half. I like that. I I do like that because so, there's so much that happens right. in the last. Two in that minutes. last minute, you kind of you need that few extra seconds to to set yourself. You know, move the chains, get a little a breather there, and then then start the clock again once the ball's ready to play. I think that's something even the NFL should look at doing. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Uh, let's see another one. Uh, consecutive charge timeouts, team timeouts, will no longer be allowed by the same team. Yeah, we saw those field goal situations yeah, last year. Called, I hated that. They should never be allowed to. Yeah. If, yeah, so I'm okay with that too. Me too. Let's see. Uh, third, uh, a period shall be extended for an untimed. Uh, oh, you you skipped one. Did I? Oh, drones are not allowed over the field. Or the team area when squad members are present within the playing enclosure. I think that means the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> playing so just, enclosure. How about just no drones in the stadium? Yeah. Yeah, really. Uh, I mean, I get and, it. And I think it's kind of been like an unwritten rule lately, or, or maybe it's been getting out of hand with some maybe. people. Because, I mean, you get all these social media teams, and even some of the broadcast teams that will do those cool drone shots and right. stuff. But, yeah, maybe you know, player safety. We don't want a drone accidentally. Something you know. had to have happened to, yeah. the, that said, you know what, we're, we're gonna we're gonna ban this. Yeah, <laughs> we don't like what the way this is going anyway. So that, I'm fine with that one. Let's see. A period shall be extended for an untimed down in the second and fourth quarter, only if a penalty is accepted for a live ball foul, or if there are offsetting fouls, or for an inadvertent whistle. First and third quarters will not be extended. Uh, and any penalties enforced will be carried over to the following quarter. This makes mm. sense. Yeah. You know, you don't need to extend the first quarter for one more play because it was a penalty or something. Yeah. Just, just enforce it on the next one. Yeah. Um, Make it go faster. Yeah, that that makes sense, so I'm fine with that. Uh, the field will be available to squad members for halftime warm-ups no later than three minutes prior to the second half kickoff. You probably got some punters and kickers that are out yeah. there while the band is still on the, the field and they're in the end zone or something. 
And so they're saying, no, you can't come back and let, until there's three minutes left uh, in the halftime. Well, just to make it fair for both teams, like, I mean... Yeah. That's fine. I have nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. And finally, uh, the optional use of instant replay in games that do not have an instant replay booth official is now permissible. The referee will be the sole decision maker on any review and may include one additional crew member to consult on the review. Other than for a targeting review, the crew on the field may not initiate any instant replay review. Okay, huh. So that kind of makes sense, but... You know, I, di- I didn't know that if you didn't have a replay official, you couldn't do instant replay. Right. I hadn't yeah. heard that either. But now they're going to they're gonna have like a, a, a some sort of a tent or something set up on the sideline where the, the referee can go in, look at the play, and make his decision. And it's his decision. Hmm. You know, he'll look at it, and he's, he's the sole authority. I don't know. I feel like there'll still be a lot of, oh, I made that call. I probably shouldn't go against it, <laughs> you know, type of thing. That's why I, I think just need a standard, you know, third-party kind of... Well, this, this way they're allowing uh, instant, re- you know, officials to look at plays when there's no replay official present. I guess, but I still think you should have a replay official. Come on, college football, you well, make so much money. Not, not every game is nationally televised and, and gets a replay official True. right in the booth. So. But I think they could still do it. Okay, uh, today's birthdays. Uh, we got one more college story. Sorry, uh, what did I miss? The Jim Harbaugh thing. Oh, you wanted to talk about that? Well, I okay. talked about Jim Harbaugh just for two seconds. We were in Michigan. Right. Okay, uh, so. You know, Jim Harbaugh, I saw the alert. I was working with an Ohio State guy today. So, of course, I had to hear about this. Uh, Jim Harbaugh facing a four-game suspension for recruiting violations. Mm. Um, yeah, apparently it's a level one violation, which apparently is the most serious kind in the NCAA. Mm. Apparently, they've been negotiating this four-game suspension. So, Harbaugh would miss the first four games of the season, mm. supposedly. Um, it hasn't been official. They just said it's currently being worked out yeah so i just what kind of they didn't go into detail like what kind of violation or where that's the the first i've heard of this was today today all of a sudden left field even the ohio state guy was just like really like i'm gonna have to look into this more probably just so he could rub it into all the michigan people's face but just like kyle yeah like my (laughs) brother-in-law uh but it's just yeah really weird that all of a sudden left field no warning just bam jim harbaugh might get suspended Mm. like I just think that's weird that a guy who's pretty much run, from all accounts, a very squeaky clean program mm. that we know of. Yeah. I mean, who knows what other stuff goes on behind the scenes. But for all accounts, he was considered one of the cleaner run teams as far as I know. I'm sure other people will now send me hate mail and argue, you know, right. articles that said otherwise. But right. it's just you know, not what I expected from a Jim Harbaugh. Mm. And who knows if it was like a one of those technicality kind of things where he you know he's talking like, to somebody during a dead period or something yeah maybe but who, who's to say they got all these weird violations and rules i don't know what a level one uh, yeah it didn't really go into a whole lot of detail is. like what does that entail like too much communication is it you know communication that should have been had at all like i'm know, sure we'll be hearing you about you, it. you had two more sentences than you were allowed coach that's a level <laughs> one violate that's how it feels like with some of these ncaa rules violations that's why i'm just I'm kind of sick of the NCAA's just uh, organization itself. Like, I almost wish a brand new college football organization would rise up from, you know, nowhere and just, let's give it some more structure. I'm tired of all these, like, violations and all this stuff they can and can't do. It's like, they're essentially professional football teams. They make billions of dollars a year. Like, I get it, they're kids, they're athletes. Now they're getting paid money. Like, there's got to be a way to just get rid of some of this BS. Like, the the money in the palm handshakey crap that they're still ticky tack fine in a way so whatever i'm yeah you done i guess okay you want to move on yes uh, i wanted to before you started talking well uh, you today, say that every week today's birthdays running back walter payton also known as sweetness born on this date in 1953 he passed away in 1999 at the age of just 46 he played this college football at HBCU Jackson State. He was the fourth overall pick in the 1975 NFL Draft by the Chicago Chicago Bears. He played 13 NFL seasons from 1975 to 1987, won Super Bowl 20 as a member of the team, and he retired as the NFL's all-time leading rusher with 16,726 yards. He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1993 where does he rank amongst your top running backs of all time in the nfl top five. Oh, top five yep 
Who's your of top course. five? Do you know them at the top of your head? Well, Barry Sanders and him. Um, oh gosh, um, uh, who was the uh, who was the guy who played for the Rams? Dickerson. Dickerson. Yes, uh, he he's got to be up there. Okay, Barry Dickerson. Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Yes, absolutely. Jim Brown and Peyton. Uh, Walter Payton, and then who else? Who would be the fifth guy? Uh, it ain't gonna be Billy any, Sims. It ain't gonna be anybody from the Cowboys, but yeah, I'll, I'd put Billy Sims. Two up. Lions. <laughs> oh, a little bias there, but okay. So there you go. There's my top five. I mean, it's your list, but yeah. a little biased. <laughs> All right. The other birthday today is that of End Woody Strode, born on this date in 1915. Uh, he passed away in 1994 at the age of 80. He played college football at UCLA. And he played played for the L.A. Rams in 1946, breaking the color barrier in uh, pro football along with his Rams teammate, Kenny Kenny Washington, and Marion Motley and Bill Willis of the AAFC's Cleveland Browns. Strode also played uh, three seasons in the CFL with the Calgary Stampeders from 1948 to 1950 and won a Grey Cup championship in 1948. He went on to become a Hollywood actor, starring in such films as Spartacus, with Kirk Douglas and uh, Sergeant Rutledge, which is one of my favorite movies. Really, I've he, never heard that. Oh yeah, he's um, uh, he plays a buffalo soldier, you hmm. know, in the cavalry. Out in, so it's like a buffalo man soldier, like he's a man that's a buffalo. No. Oh okay. No. So it's he, not science fiction. He was uh, he was a sergeant in charge of a, a squad of other uh, black uh, soldiers. Oh. Okay. And he's accused of uh, killing and raping a white girl. Oof. And so he's put on trial, and but he, he didn't do it. But there's this whole trial, and there's like a backstory of what happened. But so it's fascinating. Just a really, really good performance by I'll him. Have to check that out. I've never, uh, never heard of yep, it. Yep, one of my favorite uh, uh, movies, uh, Sergeant Rutledge. And he did a whole bunch of westerns. In fact, uh, the uh, the Toy Story character, Woody, was named after Woody Strode oh, because of all the westerns he wow. appeared in over See, the years. Look at you learning the movie guy yeah. over here. Wow. But, but the reason you'll know Woody Strode, uh, he was on the Batman TV series oh, as, a, as a henchman for uh, uh, Marsha, Queen of Diamonds. Oh, okay, I, th- I got the whole series. So I he, he was like a, a sultan. He, had, he was wearing a turban and mm. really, really flashy clothes. Mm. But yeah, he was like her right hand man uh, in a couple episodes. But yeah, Woody Strode, um, football player, uh, color breaker, <laughs> and uh, a Hollywood actor. Heck yeah. And then uh, for anniversaries today, 40 years ago today, the 1983 USFL championship game between the Michigan Panthers and the Philadelphia Stars, where the Panthers came out on top 24-22 to at Mile High Stadium in Denver. Man, do I remember watching that game. You can find that entire game on YouTube. Oh, yeah. The whole thing. Just, oh, what an awesome. I mean, I was there all season long. I went to a game that year, watched every game on TV. Uh, just just an awesome season uh, for the state of Michigan. Mm-hmm. So, And that's it for uh, uh, birthdays and anniversaries today. And we do have two obituaries. This is where we take a moment to honor those who've made the world of football a better place. The first obituary is that of Miller Farr, a defensive back and kick returner in the NFL, the American Football League, and the World Football League for over 10 seasons, uh, dies at the age of 80. Farr played college football at Wichita State and was the first overall pick in the 1965 American Football League red shirt draft by the Denver Broncos. He played in seven games for the Broncos in 1965 and was then signed by the San Diego Chargers, where he played in 1965 and 1966. He also played for the Houston Oilers from 1967 to 1969, the St. Louis Cardinals from 1970 to 1972, and the Detroit Lions in 1973. He finished his playing career with the Florida Blazers of the World Football League in 1974, losing to the Birmingham Americans in the World Bowl championship game. His younger brother was running back Mel Farr, who played for the Detroit Lions. Mel and Miller both played on the Lions team in 1973. Miller Farr was also the uncle of Mel Farr Jr. and Mike Farr, who also played in the NFL. Wow. All right, and our second and final obituary this week is that of Gary Brandt, an offensive lineman in the Canadian Football League for 11 seasons, has passed away at the age of 80. Brant played college football at the University of Washington. He signed with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in 1967 and played his entire career with the team from 1967 to 1977. Uh, He played in four Grey Cup championship games, 
but was on the losing side each time Brant was inducted into the Rough Rider Plaza of Honor in 2002. And what a great name for a Ring of Honor instead of Ring of Honor, the Plaza of Honor. Yeah, it's, that's pretty it's, cool. It's not a ring inside the stadium. It's like a plaza outside the sta- stadium where they uh, honor all their players. So that's pretty cool. Okay, uh, this week's history lesson, which we're going to talk about here, is uh, exclusively on YouTube now. And this week we have a pretty interesting story, at least I think it's interesting. Uh, it's the story of the Grand Rapids Rampage of the Arena Football League and their connection with a roll of toilet paper. Interesting stuff. I remember this all too well. Uh-huh. Uh, just very fitting, you know, with the Arena Football League coming back, we're going to yes. try to throw out some more Arena Football content. You've done this history lesson previously. Yes, uh, I did. I don't know what years ago. Yeah, uh, usually during the description, not even the description of the show, but you usually talk about what episode you took this from. So, mm. So, yeah. But yeah, it should be it should be a lot of fun. So uh, we'll check that out uh, in the next day or so on YouTube. All right. Uh, finally, upcoming events calendar: Thursday, August third, which is the same day we were going to go to the Lions training camp. Yeah, I guess we're going to stay home and watch the <laughs> Hall of Fame game. Hall of Fame game in Canton between the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets. Saturday, August fifth, the Indoor Football League Championship game will be played on CBS Sports. Tuesday, August eighth, Hard Knocks with the Jets premieres. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday, August 15th, our sixth anniversary show. I got to get to work uh, pulling out some of the highlights from this past year. Yeah, you better get on it. You're going to be busy. I know it. <laughs> you got you to show me how to do that one more time because every oh, year gosh. I forget, every year I I forget how to do it. Just show me how to do one and I'll do the rest of them. We've got like six or eight uh, highlights. A lot of fun, I think, this year. Oh, let's see. Saturday, August 26th, the FBS College Football Week Zero. Navy versus Notre Dame in Dublin, Ireland is the marquee game, and there are also six other games that day. And then finally, Thursday, September 7th, the NFL regular season begins with our beloved Detroit Lions traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. So it never ends. It never, that's true. The world of football never ends. It's going on uh, 52 weeks a year, uh, and we love it, and we're here to talk about it. Yeah. All right, anything else that we missed? Um, I don't think so. As I quickly look at my phone, uh, no breaking news, no nothing, but I'm sure something will drop, as it always does, or yep. seems to, yep. after we hit stop on the microphones. All right. Well, that's all the time we've got for this week. If you learned something during this podcast about the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football, then we've done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, original articles, videos, and more. Our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can also like The World of Football on Facebook at TWOF Kalamazoo. You can also follow us on X or formerly Twitter. I'm still confused about the whole thing, <laughs> yeah, just as much really. as you guys probably are. They changed that over while I was trying to post a tweet last night. Yeah. And I'm like, all of a sudden it goes from a little bird to a letter X. Yeah, and we still haven't even jumped on the threads train yet. Oh, man, we might have to, depending on how this X thing goes. Uh but, uh, yeah, so we're at TWOF Kalamazoo for the time being. We'll see if that changes our handles or not. Uh, but new episodes of this podcast are posted on Tuesdays and are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Stitcher for the time being. Tune in, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. So you can simply ask your Alexa device to, quote, play the World of Football podcast to hear us on whatever Alexa devices you may have in your home. You can also find the full audio version of this show on our YouTube channel. Just search for The World of Football Kalamazoo. Subscribe, leave a like on any video you so choose, preferably all of them, and uh, comments. We love interacting with everybody. It's been a lot of fun hearing everybody's excitement for like the Arena League on our oh, Arena yeah. videos. So many people and, excited for the Arena League yep, coming back. People, like there was one commenter who uh, apparently works or knows somebody who works at the Everett Arena, mm. that the rumor is going around about them getting the other Arena team. Mm. So... Very curious stuff. I'd be happy to hear from him again or her again if uh, you know that actually comes to fruition. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so you know we're almost to 500 subscribers. We just found out there are new YouTube rules about uh, if we hit the 500 uh, subscriber threshold that we might be opened up to some perks, which we were a little flabbergasted by, but yeah. we'll take it. Yeah, we thought it had to be a thousand. But it originally guess- was a thousand, and apparently they've added this new 500 subscriber tier. Mm. So we are 40. Last I checked, we were like 48, 47 subscribers away so uh be like the orlando predators and uh show us some love i guess yeah with these new uh uh 
things that we can, you know, start making money off of uh, YouTube with 500 people, we could be making hundreds of cents. Hundreds of cents. In the near future. And yet I will make no sense. Um, You've made no sense for a long time. That's very true. If I had a penny for every time I made no sense, I'd still make no sense. Anyway, this is going on long enough. Um, So spread the word, subscribe, rate, review, give us a like, leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and please come be a part of the football conversation. I saw notifications today that August 29th is going to be the last uh, day for Stitcher. Yep, I just put that in your notes. Okay. So, yeah, we've got that email a couple of times. So, Stitcher, yep. going by the wayside. We're yep. going to have to re- rework this whole yeah. intro and outro thing. Maybe, maybe we'll follow. Uh, we'll find another uh, service to... And who knows with X what's going on that... Ugh. Oh, gosh. Yep. I don't know. Bear with us, everybody. That's why you should follow us on all the other social medias to never That's lose right. track of us. That's right. And remember, folks, some people may love football more than we do, but nobody, and I mean nobody, loves more football than the two of us guys sitting here in Kalamazoo. Until next time, when we'll try and do a better job. Yeah, right. I'm Randy Snow. And I can't wait till I retire from this podcast and just leave my shoes on the desk and just walk away. Ooh, your shoes on the desk? Well, I mean, where else am I supposed to leave them if that's how you signify retiring? Front porch. On your front porch? Well, then nobody's going to see it on the podcast. That's right. We'll see you all next week.